Greetings, gamers. I'm Bed Roth. And I'm Shukabow. And you're listening to Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome back, Shukapow. Yes, I, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you were here last week for, for Pikmin. Yeah. But then, then you weren't here before that because Dusk. Oh, wait, no, you were here with Ryan. That was a long time ago in recording time. Yeah. But not, not in air time because that was only two weeks ago. I'm very thirsty all of a sudden. Because we're doing stuff week to week to week to week. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. What have you been up to in this last week? Uh, I I played Minecraft again for the first time in a while. Yeah, didn't you, like, drag a villager across a continent in a boat? I'm currently in the process of dragging a villager across a continent in a boat. Um, don't go very fast on land, people. Okay, briefly, why are you moving a villager in a boat on so, land? So, in, in Minecraft, villager farms are pretty common, and in my, my hardcore world, I, um... I'm trying to get two villagers back to my base so I can breed them and make a bunch more villagers. So that I can get a bunch of emeralds and a bunch of enchanted books and... That sounds so wrong. <laughs> it really does. Minecraft is so messed up. <laughs> it really uh, is. What happened to just, like, building a house out of dirt and not wanting a creeper to blow you up? I miss the simple times. Uh that was day one. Actually, day one was walking, trying to find a village to live in. But ah. since I couldn't do that, I just... Decided to make your own. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, I went out to find a village after, on day, like, 69. Nice. Actually, yes. And that is, that is when I started, actually. And today, we went to a cool place in McKinney, Texas, called Arcade 92. Yeah. And... You beat Mega Man 2. Yep. With seven lives and no save states and no game overs. Yep. Uh, I beat the first uh, two cups of, not cups, circuits in Super Punch Out. Nice. Because they had a bunch of classic systems set up. We played some Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Which um, you may be hearing some more of later in the episode. And we even played arcade versions of Super Mario Bros., Excite Bike, and Tetris. And, and Dr. Dr. Mario. Mario. Yeah, that was really cool. And they had a bunch of modern consoles set up, too, but we didn't get to sit there because there was a birthday party going on, and there were little people in the chairs all day long. Except for one time when we both sat down and played separate games of Rocket League for, like, five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And one match of Brawlhalla. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, So, Shukapow. What is this episode about? We've been talking about a bunch of random stuff. We have. Now we need to be very specific and focused, because this episode is... The Grab Bag episode, which... Yeah, yeah it's about it, a bunch of random songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is VGM VGM Grab Bag episode one. I'm sure we're going to be doing more of these in the future, but for this first one, uh, generally these Grab Bag episodes are just going to be we get to play whatever we want. Like, whatever yeah. song... I challenge Shukapow this time to try not to play something if we played it before, unless it's like a remix, Um, and also to try to pick songs that wouldn't really necessarily neatly fit into an episode topic, or maybe it's a topic we already did and we want to play more. So, uh, 
yeah, so that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to go ahead and start things off with a track that I have been wanting to play for a while. Um, this composer has become one of my favorites. I had listened to him, and I had, I had heard this track before, I think, um, before our episode with Ed from the VG Embassy last year, episode 10 of season 1, where he brought a track from the, I believe, Scottish composer Barry Leach. Well, I'm going to bring my personal favorite Barry Leach composition. This track comes from the SNES game Top Gear, and we are going to play track one, also called Las Vegas.
That was Las Vegas from Top Gear, composed by Barry Leach, and this was released in 1992, developed by Gremlin Graphics, and published by Kimco for the SNES. As always, links to artists who have Bandcamp, SoundCloud, or website pages will be in the show notes. Shugapal, what did you think of my opening track? That was very nice. <laughs> I think that all of my tracks this evening are going to be very nice. Uh, you're really, I think, going to like my next one a lot. The name is going to be familiar to you, but the song is not going to be. But yeah, so I don't have a lot of personal experience with this game specifically, but... I did get a PS4 from one of my best friends fairly recently, which I mentioned. Um, Neverender, if you're listening, awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You're awesome. And I did download a demo of Horizon Chase Turbo, which I have been wanting to check out. I'm usually not like a huge fan of non-Mario Kart racing games, but I did play some like Cruising USA and stuff back in the day. This game is a lot of fun. Like, you, it feels like you're going super fast. It's arcade-style racing, so it's not super realistic, like Need for Speed and stuff like that. I, that may not even be super realistic either. I'm just... I don't know anything about racing games. <laughs> but... Uh, Horizon Chase Turbo is also composed by Barry Leach, and this track is actually reused in that game. And all of the music in both of these games is really fantastic. This particular track is actually like seven minutes long, so you can go check out the full version. It goes some places, even though it's all in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was my first track of this Grab Back episode. Shukapal, what track are you going to be playing for our listeners and me first. Um, I think we're going to go with Mechanical Rhythm from Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. <laughs> Alright, let's get into it.
was Mechanical Rhythm for from Xenoblade Chronicles, composed by Ace Plus and released in... Well, the Definitive Edition was released... Yeah, in 2020. For the Switch. For the yes. Switch. It originally came out in 2010 for the Wii. Uh, we are playing the remastered version from the Definitive Edition, although I will say the original version is also fantastic. Yes. Shukapal, why did you pick this track for the Grab Bag episode? Because it's just... It's... 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 Okay, so... Well, let's give our listeners a little bit of background. What were you going to pick from Zittleblade Chronicles? You want to know our names. <laughs> Definitive Edition. Yeah, you were going to... Which we haven't played the Definitive Edition yet, but we have played the original version three times already on the show. Yeah. So, um... I actually played this for you the other day, and you already knew it, but you were like, oh yeah, Mechanical Rhythm. Yeah. So, do you know when this track plays in the game? When you fight some... Like, the faced mech on, sometimes? I know it doesn't do it when you fight Zord for the first so, time. Actually, no. Uh, That's not specific. Not, not specific. Sometimes, yes, but uh, also... Um, well, I'm actually now I'm trying to remember. So, spoiler alert, at some spoiler point alert. in Xenoblade Chronicles, you get to Makanis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe that this is the battle music when you fight on Makanis. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it plays when you're fighting faced Mechon on Bionis. Um, I'm actually not even sure that happens before. Obstacle in our path plays when you fight Zord. Yeah, uh, because it's like the the boss music, kind yeah. of. Um, yeah. yeah, it is the boss music. Yeah. And You Will Know Our Names is the, the unique monster music. So, yeah. This yeah. whole soundtrack is phenomenal, of course, but the battle music is really, really great. It really is. What do you like about this track? Like, what it's, stands out to you? So, it goes from that, like, just hard percussion rhythm, like, right into that <laughs> Squeak. I gotta, gotta yeah. use my falsetto. Yep. <laughs> it's and your falsetto doesn't work as well as it used to, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. But man, this was uh, that guitar shreds so hard. <laughs> it really does. And then it gets into those strings and everything, and ah, uh, man, Ace Plus knocked it out of the park with this one. Uh, Ace Plus is comprised of uh, three people who we have mentioned on this podcast previously. Uh, Tomori Kudo, Chiko, and Kenji Hiramatsu. And, man, fantastic. Great stuff. I can't wait for you to get to this point in the game. The, the Bionis battle music is good. The um, time to fight music. Yeah. And the other, the battle music when an enemy spots you is kind of nerve-wracking, but yeah. it's still good. But when you get to Makanis and this plays for the first time, when you're in a fight, ah! Oh, it's so, yeah. so great. Alright, well, uh, moving from an RPG published by Nintendo, but developed by another company, we're going to move to another game that is published by Nintendo, but developed by a different company that features some characters from an RPG. And this other this developer is known for RPGs, but this is not an RPG game. This is a sports game. Ooh. And I don't know hardly anything about it at all, but you're really going to like this track. Uh, it's actually, I think, going to remind you of another game. <laughs> the title of this track is Koopa Troopa Beach. 
but it is not the one from Mario Kart. <laughs> it is the one from Mario Sports Mix. Mario Sports. That was Koopa Troopa Beach from Mario Sports Mix, composed by Masayoshi Soken and Kumitanioka, and this was released in 2010 for the Wii. It was developed by Square Enix and published by Nintendo. Ooh. And it also features the Red Mage, the White Mage, the Black Mage, and the Ninja from Final Fantasy. Wow. And the Slime from Dragon Quest. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. But it doesn't feature Geno. Or anybody else from Mario RPG. Of course it doesn't. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, Square and Nintendo continued to partner with each other on things after Mario RPG, but not on an RPG for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) But regardless, man, this music is good. Yeah, it is. And I checked it out. This whole soundtrack is really fun. We might have to revisit this in the future. But yeah, Shukapau, what did you think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned that I thought it would remind him of something. What did this actually remind you of, Shukapau? Uh, Frog's theme. But I was thinking it would remind you of Mother 3 because of the organ and some of the sounds of like the... Uh, I don't know something about that western sort of twang and in, in, in the instrument used there the the guitar is really really I don't know it's reminiscent of Mother 3 and Shogo Sakai in general but uh, yeah Masayoshi Soken and Kumi Tanioka uh, both really did a great job on this I'm actually not very familiar with uh, Soken's work but Kumi Tanioka I know was involved in Final Fantasy I believe it was 11, might have been Final Fantasy 9, no, it was 11, yeah, Final Fantasy 11, but uh, we might actually know her more from the uh, All-Star Pro Wrestling games, so yeah, some of that trumpet might make a little bit more sense now, but man, (laughs) that was a lot of fun, but yeah, 
I don't have a lot to say about the game itself. Uh, I think I might have played a Mario Sports Mix game at one point. I never really have gotten into the Mario Sports games at all. Uh, I've just never really been much of a sports game player myself. Same. <laughs> outside of uh, Mario Kart and occasionally some really arcade style games like uh, NBA Jam and stuff like that. But this was this was a lot of fun. Chukapow, what kind of fun do you have in store for us on your next track? More Mario. More Mario. All right. What are we hearing? I have... Crisp Climb Castle from Bowser's Fury. More Bowser's Fury. <laughs> Man, from Mount Magmeow on the Cat episode to Crisp Climb Castle, the snowy area. Yep. Well, and we already pl- played uh, two snow episodes, so or winter episodes. I mean, we're probably going to be doing one every year, but as we established, there is no shortage of winter tracks out there. So, uh, Crisp Climb because cause you can climb with the cat suit. But it's just called Crisp Climb? Crisp Climb Castle. Crisp Climb Castle from Bowser's Fury, released in 2021 and composed by Mihiro Yokoda, Koji Kondo, and Toru Minigishi. The dream team, for sure. (laughs) Three very well-established Mario composers. Of course, this was developed and published by Nintendo and released for the Switch. And uh, this was delightful. (laughs) There is just not really a better word for this track. It was delightful. The... I didn't realize it was going to be a waltz, and that was very nice. It just... This is such a well-composed piece, and I know that's not surprising considering the pedigree of the composers, but, man, this this is really good. So you must have, like, really gone through this Bowser's Fury soundtrack and, like, listened to a lot of it, huh? Yep. Uh, did this track just, like, stand out to you when you were doing your listen-through, or had you heard it, like, separately from somewhere else? Both, actually. Explain. I um I just you know I'd heard it before and and then I listened to it on the soundtrack and I'm like oh yeah this I'm I like this. Gotcha. Yes. Do, you, do you remember where you first heard it? 
Um, if not, that's probably fine. just when I was listening to yep. the soundtrack. Actually, <laughs> I don't remember where I first heard most of the VGM. <laughs> uh, but oh man, this was really cool. We we have to get this game. I mean, yes, we're gonna we have really it at do. some points, but and I can't wait. It's gonna be so fun. I need to start playing games again. Maybe maybe on on the hiatus we'll get to play a little bit. I don't know how much of a hiatus we're going to have, though, but... <laughs> All right. Okay, so what am I going to play next? Hmm. Well, you know what? My last track was from Square, and it was a Mario game. <laughs> you played a Mario game to follow that up, so I'm going to play one that is not by Square, <laughs> but uh, is actually composed by a longtime Square composer, Nobuo Uematsu. We're going to talk about that a little more when we get back, but we are going to listen to the main theme from Fairy Fencer F. the main theme from Fairy Fencer F, composed by Nobuo Uematsu, arranged by Tsutomo Narita. And this game was released in 2013 for PS3, developed and published by Compile Heart. It was actually published by some other places in other areas, and this was later ported to lots of other systems. Uh, 
apparently a popular game, kind of an anime-style game, but this main theme makes me want to play it. <laughs> Shukabao, you said this was interesting. What was most interesting about this track to you? Hmm. Probably the, um, the rhythms in the beginning. It had kind of a, a, a Toho sound to it, almost. Um, yeah. It had that, that sort of Zune quality. Uh, I really liked how this track evolved from just like the keyboards, and then you start to hear the strings come in, and then it blooms into like this full orchestration. Uh, this really epic sweeping thing that sounds like it, it could have come from like uh, medieval fantasy or something. Really, really cool stuff. Does the name Earthbound Papas mean anything to you? Mm, I don't think so. Earthbound Papas is, uh, I believe, still current. It's Uematsu's band. He was in a band called the Black Mages that performed a lot of uh, Final Fantasy music live. But uh, this band um, actually, I believe, succeeded the Black Mages. Uh, Uematsu formed it afterward. And it has some, some other composers in it. Uh, Tsutomo Narita is one of those. I believe he is involved in the Grand Blue Fantasy series a lot um, as, a, as a composer, but um, he actually arranged this for the Earthbound Papas. It features uh, both Uematsu and Narita on keyboards. Uematsu also recorded the organ for this. Narita recorded the guitar um, and the bass. And yeah, the, there's lots of other big names in the band. I definitely recommend people check that out. But so yeah, this arrangement was actually recorded by Uematsu's own band, Earthbound Papas. So, nice. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, kind of a different sound from what we have been hearing tonight. And my next track could not be more different from this. But before we hear that, we are going to hear your next track, Shukapau. All right, this is the Chibi Robo main theme from Super Smash Flash 2. the Chibi Robo main theme from Super Smash Flash 2, composed by Chernabog. Alright, yeah, and so the original theme uh, from Chibi Robo was actually composed by Hirofumi Tanaguchi. Uh, mm -hmm. Chibi Robo came out in 2005. Uh, Smash Flash 2 came out in um, 2011. 2011. Yes. Chibi Robo was developed by Bandai and published by Nintendo, and Smash Flash 2, of course, is a product of McLeod Gaming or McLeod Gaming, however you pronounce that. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> so, this was 
pretty quirky, fun little track. I liked it. Why this one for the grab bag episode? Um, I don't know. I just, it just, you told me to think of themes that, you know, just tracks that we haven't played yet that haven't really fitted certain. So uh, this one has like occurred to you before, but it hasn't really like fit. No, so. I just, I just decided to throw in a completely random pick. Okay, cool. Along with. You know me, BMG. Yeah, that's alright. I've got some uh, completely random picks on mine as well. Mine actually... So, almost all my tracks came from one of our playlists. Either the one I made that's called BGM You May Never Have Heard. Uh, very good music, You May Never Have Heard. It's from games that are either that I know to be obscure or just that I had actually never heard before. And I'm, I'm pretty well versed at this point in, in BGM at least, if not the games. So that's playlist or the Bedrock and Chukapow's favorite VGM playlist and just tracks I didn't think would fit very well. And then I just also kind of did a dive on random VGM playlists and listened until I had the rest of the spots filled in. So it's cool. However you'd like to pick it. Uh, Chibi Robo. So how does Chibi Robo play in Smash Flash 2? Um, interesting. <laughs> a lot of the fan base really doesn't like Chibi Robo. Yeah, uh, his moves are pretty pretty weird. Yeah, I I don't really know how Chibi Robo would adapt to Smash. It's it's odd. Uh, interestingly, he's about the same size as Olimar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course they sort of have to blow him up for Smash. Yeah. Either that or they shrink everybody else down. <laughs> of course, everybody's just a toy anyway. If you go back to the original, yeah. so but. Uh, the original Chibi-Robo games, they look really cool. They really use uh, um, AR, augmented reality, a lot uh, because you can like have Chibi-Robo interact with things in the real world. They really use the DS camera a lot with these, with these games. And so that's really, really cool. But again, don't really know how this character would adapt to Smash. I kind of feel like if Sakurai did it, it would work out really, really well because he's adapted like Steve. And yeah, the Duck Hunt trio. Yeah, yeah, it does work so. pretty well in um, uh, in Smash Flash too. But he's one of those. It's like you have to be able to use him well. Eh. I don't yeah, know. a lot of the fan base also, I feel like, doesn't love like Olimar, for example. Yeah, he's very different from a lot of the other characters, and not, in my opinion, not in a good way. <laughs> like <laughs> all the DLC characters have been different in like broken ways. Yeah, like <laughs> Mr. Pyra and Sephiroth. Yeah, Steve. Banjo. <laughs> yep. Buy less. Buy less. <laughs> oh, but this was really cool. Nice. Nice little change of pace. And kind of surprised it took this long to get into one. I realized a lot of my tracks uh, tended to be a little bit a little bit more modern. Um, not from the earlier era, although I did open up with a track from 1992. Uh, but this is not a retro game by any stretch, but it sounds like one a lot. Mm. The composer here is flashy goodness and we're going to talk a little more about uh, flashy goodness's background when we come back the game is tower of heaven and we are going to listen to indignant divinity
<laughs> okay. Oh, wait, that's a me. How that, embarrassing. That was Indignant Divinity from Tower of Heaven, composed by Flashy Goodness. This game was released in 2009 for Windows initially, and was published by, developed and published by ASCIIsoft, the American developer also responsible for Katana Zero, which was one of the best games of 2020, 2019, whichever year it came out. It was, uh, and the soundtrack as well, just really, really good. Uh, the soundtrack for Katana Zero was not by Flashy Goodness, but Flashy Goodness has done the vast majority, if not all, of the Rivals of Ether music and arrangements. So, it's all very good stuff. Uh, definitely recommend checking out Flashy's work on Bandcamp. I will, of course, post a link in the show notes. Shubapow, what did you think of that track? That was quite good. <laughs> this makes me think of Undertale. Yeah. But also a little bit of Toho. It's just, it's, again, it's got that kind of doujin sound to it, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This game was not like a one-man thing, which that, that's not what a doujin is necessarily, but uh, it, it was kind of the first off... Um, well, it's kind of a, it's an indie game, and it was a, a first... Um, effort, I think, by the studio. So yeah, it's got kind of that dojiny flavor. But this, it was just, it was just really, really good. I loved it. You were talking about that technique when you have a lot of instruments going on, and then everything drops out except for like one or two, and then the backbeat maybe. Um, even the backbeat drops out, and then yeah. the beat usually is the first thing that comes back in, and then everything just kind of. <clears throat> I don't know what that technique is called, but I like it a lot too. And yeah, this was this was really really cool. Reminds me also a little bit of the messenger, not really in in tone, but in the sound quality. Yeah, and just really good. I don't know much about Tower of Heaven. It's apparently a short but very difficult game. It's a platformer. Uh, from what I looked up, you are this little guy with like an onion shaped head, and you're at the bottom of this tower. You have to climb the tower, and every level you're given more rules for what you like can't do or can't touch to get higher up in the next level. So. Oh gets harder as you climb up. Very interesting. Uh, and I think that you're given these rules like by... Mario Maker level. You, by uh, Mario Maker? Yeah, you could totally do it in a Mario Maker level. You totally could. I bet somebody has. <laughs> um, the You get these rules from this disembodied voice, which I guess is like the voice of God, and maybe that's where Indignant Divinity comes from. That's a pretty cool track name, though, too. Indignant Divinity. It's kind, yeah. of, kind of hard to say. I feel like if you said it over and over again, it would get weird. It did, didn't it? It did, didn't it? Yeah. It did, didn't it? It did, didn't it? It did. <laughs> Ryan George keeps coming up on this show. But yeah, this track was super great. Uh, I really like the retro feel, even though it's not a retro game. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was such a cool track. And you know what? I uh, don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. That was a lot of fun. What is your next track going to be, Shoot Next up, first I want to ask, do you have any Pokemon stuff? No, I do not. Dang it. I was going to do Sorry. a cool Pokemon thing. Because <laughs> uh, I, next up, have Battle Sinistrio from Pokemon Ranger Shadows of Almia.
was Battle Sinistrio from Pokemon Rangers Shadows of Almia, the second one. <laughs> this game came out in 2008 for the DS. It was developed by Creatures Incorporated and published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company. And the game was composed by Takuto Kitsuki. Takato Kitsuta, Kenta Sato, and Shinobu Amayake. And I don't know who specifically composed this track, but I do know it was a banger. Like, yeah. All the music tonight has been really, really good. I really like this a lot. Uh, so, Sinus Trio. I'm assuming that you're fighting three people? Um, well, there's three of them. They're like. What is the plot of the Pokemon Ranger games? Well, first, uh, I kind of want to explain how the evil teams work. There's the grunts, then there's the admins. Then, with them, there's the Sinus Trio, with, with Team Dim Sun, I mean. There's the Sinus Trio, which is sort of like... Is Team Dim Sun like the Team Rocket of this game? Yeah, the evil team. Okay, the evil team, gotcha. Uh, the, the Sinus Trio is sort of like above the admins, but not yet on the leader's level. Okay. Okay. Like gotcha. the Seven Sages of Team Plasma. I guess those would be kind of like the Sinus Trio. Okay. And there's Ed and Getsis. Anyway. So, <laughs> so getting really meta now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the plot of Shadows of Almia, the only one I actually know anything about. I know Circles about the other two. Circles and all the Pokemon Ranger games. Uh, you draw circles to capture so the Pokemon. Are you like a like a forest ranger, but for Pokemon? Is that what, it, what the ranger thing is? Um, well... Uh, the Pokemon Rangers sort of go around and help the people of the the, the, the Pokemon world. Oh, okay. Uh, they go to the other regions. I think the Fiore region was the region in the first Pokemon Ranger, though I'm not too sure about that. Okay. And then the Almia region is where you are in this region. So you play as a Pokemon Ranger? Yes. And what is your job? Uh, basically, well, you start in the the ranger school which is sort of like the tutorial and mm -hmm. exposition of the whole game Makes and sense. so you graduate from there and you're sort of like uh you take up a job at this ranger base not far away from the school and also not far away from your home so very convenient um you you sort of go around there's some weird stuff going on and eventually it's sort of uncovered that Team Dim Sun's behind all of this. So, uh, I think that's up at, up north in a place called Puel Town. You start seeing a lot of these Gigaremo machines, which sort of look like rocket ships, and they're mm -hmm. all different colors, and you use different field moves on them. Which is sort of how the Pokemon Ranger games work. Uh, you don't catch Pokemon in Pokeballs in this, though that's sort of disputed by the Pokemon ranger classes in Pokemon Black and White, but let's not get into that. Uh, <laughs> so in this game, you have a little, you have a Pokemon that follows you, sort of like a partner Pokemon, and it just sort of follows you, you don't have a Pokeball or anything. Uh, and all over the region there are these, there are the Pokemon that you can capture with little friendship loops, and they follow you around until you either use their Poke Assist in battle, which gives your little styler that you use to capture the Pokemon special abilities, or you use their field moves to, like, destroy an obstacle or a Gigoremo, and Sounds then... Sounds like a very unique and interesting mechanic. It really is. 
Um, and then they just sort of, just sort of leave. So okay. Then, so you discover Team Dim Sun's behind all this, and let me get that out of the way. Team Dim Sun has amazing music and incredible dialogue. <laughs> yeah, uh, as far but that as... hunk of ice is huge. If we made snow cones out of it, we could feed like four hundred and three people. <laughs> Wait, oh, man. what's that? What's that outfit? What are they called again? Pokemon Ranger? You came for a snow cone? Oh man! Uh, so as evil teams go, where, where do you where do you put Team Dim Sun? Um, probably up there in like the top five, along with Team Plasma, Team Galactic, Team Rocket's a classic. Um, but yeah, it's definitely up there. What is Marnie's team called? Team Skull. Team Yell. Team, team Skull's Gen Seven. Oh yeah, Team Yell. Team Skull and Team Yell are just sort of there. Well, Team Yell's just sort of there. Team Skull's a bit more involved, but they're not destroying the universe involved. Uh, so uh, I think Team Yell, well, Marnie specifically, is pretty cool. Yeah, but, Marnie uh, is cool. The evil team... Marnie and Piers are cool. Team Yell is just... Yeah, the evil team really isn't, like, a thing as yeah. much in this gen. But uh, we've rambled a lot on this particular Yeah, track. we're going to have to do another Shukapow Shoots to Breeze on this. <laughs> but this, you know, we're kind of overdue for one. Although last <laughs> episode was really kind of one big Shukapow Shoots to Breeze. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> but it, it was, was really fun. That was a, that was a really good episode. Pikmin 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was really good, though. Pikmin 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> stuff. Uh, yellow Pikmin Boogaloo. <laughs> but this track was really, really fun. I like it. It was kind of kind of rocking, kind of um, kind of swinging. It was it was a cool track. It was a cool track. And my next track is also kind of kind of unique and 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 rocking. And I'm going to be excited to see your reaction to this. Uh, I've been wanting to play this one for a while, and it just never really seemed to fit anywhere, so it was perfect for this episode. From Splatoon 2. Yeah. We are going to listen to Blitz It by the Chirpy Chips. Yo. Splatoon 2 music. was Blitz It by the Chirpy Chips from Splatoon 2. This game was released in 2017, a launch year title for the Nintendo Switch, and this track was composed by Shiho Fuji, a longtime Nintendo composer. She has done quite a bit of stuff, actually. Um, most recently, I believe, she was involved in the soundtrack for Ring Fit Adventure. 
which really great music there. This game was also composed by a longtime Nintendo stalwarts Toru Minigishi and Ryo Nagamatsu. Shukapau. Did you expect me to bring a Splatoon track to this episode? No, I did not. <laughs> uh, so, a lot of the Splatoon music is not necessarily in my exact wheelhouse. I recognize the quality of it. The composers definitely are great, and I can tell they were really kind of let loose to just do something they were passionate about, because there is a lot of heart in, in this music. Definitely. But... This track, to me, it is the standout. I heard it on a podcast, I don't even remember which one, but sometime in the last couple of years, and it just stuck with me, and it's been on, on my, my eventual list for a long time. So It's really good. Happy I'm pretty sure be- this is the uh, Salmon Run theme. Okay, okay. And in Splatoon 2, the Salmon Run is a new mode that was added. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about that. Um, so you're sort of paired up with these three other players who mm-hmm. are doing the Salmon Run. And you have to, like, get these eggs from uh, these these boss salmonoids that show up. You have to... They all have these, their different quirks and weaknesses, and you have to defeat them and get the, get the eggs and bring them back to this little basket. And there's, like, three phases, three different phases to each salmon run. Okay. And... The sort of the arena changes, like the water gets higher and lower, and the basket moves to different locations, and it's just a really cool mode. Cool. Well, I'll be interested to see what they add in Splatoon 3 when when that eventually drops. Uh, Of course, we got a tease earlier this year in the Nintendo Direct. Mm -hmm. Um, It also, like, fully confirmed what had been long rumored, if, if not, I don't know, did we, have we always known that this was in a future, like, post-apocalyptic world? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, it's it's not uh, up for dispute anymore when there's a giant upside-down Eiffel Tower in your yeah. trailer. Like, kind of... Kind giant of, Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Sure done it now. Um, that's true. Well, I mean, it could be the oh. one in Vegas, which isn't, like, giant. It's just tall. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it's the Vegas Eiffel Tower or the, uh, the Paris Eiffel Tower. Maybe Matt Pat will do a theory on it. <laughs> anyway. Uh... Regardless of that, one of the cool things about the Splatoon music is that there are actual in-game like bands and musicians. Uh, I mentioned that this is Blitzed by the Chirpy Chips. Well, the Chirpy Chips is a like a group in the game. And actually, a uh, little fun factoid here: in the first Splatoon, which the Chirpy Chips also featured in, your like hosts for the game are the Squid Sisters, Callie and Marie, mm-hmm. and the Chirpy Chips are Marie's favorite band. Well, so, yeah. Very interesting. And I can see why. Definitely a good choice. <laughs> Chukapau, speaking of choices, what are you choosing to be your next track for this evening's show? Hmm. You know, I should really start saying this morning's show because this show comes out on Tuesday mornings. So. <laughs> <laughs> How about next up? I'm going to play some more Pokemon. We're continuing the Nintendo train here. All right, so this good. is not the train episode. This is not the train episode. Nope, that's okay, though. But the track I am playing is Route 209 Daytime from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl.
is Route 209 from Pokemon Diamond, composed by Hitomi Sato. Yes. That, that was a change of pace right there. Yep. That's what that was. <laughs> it was nice, though. Uh, so have you been sitting on this track for a while? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ever uh, since I played Pokemon Diamond. Oh, yeah? Yep. Now, I think I've heard this one before, but I don't know where. Maybe... Maybe I I've, showed it to you. Okay, you showed it to me. I feel like I might have it's heard it on, on a podcast. Nobody brought it for the Pokemon episode, did they? Nope. Okay. Uh, all right. So, yeah, we did some digging, found out this was composed by Hitomi Sato. The um, usual suspects, Junichi, Masuda, and... Masuda. Right? Not Junichikawa, that's Kirby. I always get them mixed it's, up. It's Masuda. Junichi Masuda and um, Go Ichinose are also involved in this soundtrack. But Hitomi Sato was the composer of this particular track. We also found out this was the first game that she actually composed on. Her first music work was an arrangement of the Battle Tower theme in Pokemon Emerald. Uh, she's been involved in planning and game design all the way back to Pokemon Crystal, but this is the first game she actually got to compose for. Mm. And I would say this was a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice outing. Diamond and Pearl originally came out in 2006 for the DS and were developed by Game Freak, published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company, and are going to be remade in the hopefully not too distant future. Yeah, <laughs> I think they come out like this fall or something. As Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Yes. I feel like it should be Lustrous Pearl, but that's harder to say. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, so. This was really cool. You must really like this track for you to bring it out of like all of the other mainline Pokemon I tracks. I really do. It's, I know it's, you it's love. incredible. When does this play in the game? Um, on some of the routes. Obviously Route 209. Right. Route 212, I'm pretty sure, where I am growing like six berries. It's crazy to me that... The root music is often like so good, like it, it really sounds like is. it could be ending music or credit music or something. And of course, this has those uh, those awesome DS trumpets. <laughs> which one is that? That's Route Ten, which they actually took out in Black Two and White Two. It's Route Ten from Black and White. Ah, it was nice. the. Um, I actually realized why they took it out when I did my Grass Monotype run. Um, uh, so it was the original like route before victory road and then when they added all the other cities in black two and white two uh they made it they made you have to go through himalaya city which was the new eighth gym mm. after they took out the ice gym so you went through there and then like route 25 or 24 was the route to victory road Oh, okay. So they just okay. didn't really have a use for Route 10 anymore. Is a grass mono run one where you only use grass types? Yes, I only used grass types and a duck whip because I had two fray gems. Okay. All right. I didn't actually so, use a duck whip in battle, so it doesn't count. Before we get uh, too deep into Pokemon language again, because <laughs> since, since we've already joked about doing a Shukapau shoots the breeze on Pokemon Ranger, <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to my penultimate track for the evening. Mm -hmm. uh, for our next last track, I actually found this on a playlist shortly before uh, going to post on this episode, and it's from a soundtrack that I have, have known for a long time is really, really good, and I've just never stopped to, to like thoroughly explore it, but this, this one stood out to me, and I'm really going to have to explore this soundtrack at some point. I also really kind of want this game 
because even though I know nothing about the Tatsunoko universe, I've heard that Tatsunoko vs. Capcom Ultimate All-Stars on the Wii, well, it's the best fighting game on the Wii, except for maybe Smash Brawl, and some people say it's even better than that. But, I mean, that's not saying a whole lot, but I've just heard it's a whole lot of fun. Now, it was also released for the arcade, but... Uh, that's not important right now. What is important is that from Tatsunoko vs. Capcom Ultimate All-Stars, we are going to be listening to Orbital Ring Systems Cargo Bay. Orbital Ring Systems Cargo Bay from Tatsunoko vs. Capcom Ultimate All-Stars. This game was composed by Yoshinori Ono, from what I was able to find. Uh, Carlos, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> and it was released in 2008, once again for the arcade and the Wii. It was developed by Aiding and composed... Composed... Published by Capcom. What did you think of this, Yukapau? That was very interesting. <laughs> nice, calm little number. You know, hope nobody's asleep. <laughs> no, this is a total, like, nouveau 80s dance party. Like, <laughs> this was super, super cool. I liked it a lot. It took me back to, like, my days of listening to Ace of Bass <laughs> in the early 90s, which is probably totally lost on a lot of our listeners, considering the age range. But, yeah, this, oh, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this track very much. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have a whole lot to say about the game, um, except this is, I think, maybe the only fighting game appearance of Mega Man Volnut, who is the Legends Mega Man, and so yeah. that's pretty cool. I think also that Roll made her fighting game appear uh, debut in this game. Uh, Zero is also in it, nice. and then you have Ryu and Chun Li uh, from Street Fighter, and I think maybe Sakura is also in it. Anyway, there's a lot of. Capcom and a lot of uh, Tatsunoko, which is all I know about it is it's an anime franchise. Anime. <laughs> so, like a bunch of anime bird superheroes, I think, and then Capcom characters. 
It's nice. really weird, but apparently it's also very, very fun. So, all right. But not a whole lot to say about this game. Track is awesome. It's very dancey, very techno-y. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to have to check out a little more of this soundtrack to see if the rest of it is like this. Uh, but from what I've heard on other podcasts, it seems to be a pretty eclectic soundtrack. So that should be fun. Speaking of fun, I'll bet your next track is also going to be pretty fun, Chukapow. What are we going to listen to now? Let's go with two-player verses from Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. two-player verses from Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, composed by Masanori Hikichi and Masayuki Nagao. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're still adapting to Shukapau and not having his a laptop with him anymore, but we're, uh, yeah. we're making it work, making it work. This game came out in 1993 for the Genesis and the Game Gear. There was also a 1994 port to the Master System, one of those rare times where the game was ported to the Master System after the Genesis. (laughs) It was developed by Compile and published, of course, by Sega, and is canon proof that the man's name for crying out loud is Robotnik and not Eggman. (laughs) Sorry, my uh, my age is showing a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Chukapau! Nice track. So, did you already like this track before we played the game the other day? Uh, because we didn't really have the music on when we played the game. Yeah, I actually saw this on Flat.io, one of the people I follow on there, which you should follow me on Flat.io, Loitering for Smash. Yeah. One of the people I follow on Flat.io actually did this one, this track, an arrangement of this track. And I liked it a lot. It was really cool. That guitar was quite impressive. This is one of the better tracks I've ever heard from the Genesis. I almost invariably enjoy the Super Nintendo more than the Genesis. Uh, The Genesis does have some really great music on it, really good compositions, but the sound doesn't always agree with me. Uh, This was really good, though. And do you remember what I told you this game is really just like a a reskin of? Ah, Puyo Puyo. Yeah. 
The first Puyo Puyo game came out in 1991, also for the Genesis, and it was actually made by Compile. Um, Sega wanted to move the game out in the States, but was kind of concerned that it wouldn't be super popular because Tetris had already kind of taken the world by storm. And uh, Dr. Mario, of course, was the thing. But So what they did is they took the game and reskinned it with characters from the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. But unlike almost any other game in the series, um, in fact, I think unlike any other game in the series, it actually took characters from the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which was the weekday morning animated series, targeted to a pretty young audience. It's really a very, very silly show. I actually think your little siblings would like it a lot, but it's really, really silly. Um, it was a favorite of mine when I was, uh, I was the perfect age for it, so, but the little bit of trivia, the Saturday morning cartoon show, uh, Sonic Sat AM as it's sometimes called, was much cooler, still cheesy in retrospect, but much cooler than the Adventures show, uh, and some of the characters from that series actually made a cameo at the end of uh, Sonic Spinball, another spin-off game. Hmm. So, um, I believe that the music was the same in the original Puyo as it is in this game. I don't know that for certain, but I do know that this music rocks. It really does. <laughs> very, very cool stuff. And uh, it was fun beating you at this game at the, uh, at the, at the arcade. <laughs> we, um, we played several rounds. I think I, I won like best four out of seven. So. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was good though. And you did beat me a couple of times, like legitimately. And it gets pretty hard. Puyo Puyo is not super easy. But in fact, from what I read, that was one of the few things that people had to say negatively about this game was that it actually got pretty difficult when you were trying to play against the computer. So, yep. but all right, very cool. Well, anything else to say about this track, sir? Not really. Then I guess it is time for my last track of the show. We're not going to go very far. Uh, we're staying in the uh, in the Sonic realm of things. From a, uh, some of our like from our little Nintendo streak there, we're moving over to Sega now. This is a much more recent game, however, um, coming out a full 22 years later. Wow! This is from the 2015 mobile title that we featured before on our um, uh, a very merry BGM podcast or whatever we called it episode, the more festive winter episode we did this past winter. This is from Sonic Runners, and this is just a delightful track that I am so glad to finish my night out on. We still have one more Pickle Shukapow after yeah. this. But before that, and this is not cut off, uh, there are only four words in the track, and those four track title, and those four words are Beyond the Speed Of...
That was Beyond the Speed of from Sonic Runners, <laughs> composed by Tomoya Otani. This was released in 2015 for mobile, was developed by Sonic Team, and published by Sega. And I may have mentioned on the winter episode that this game didn't have a great reception. I have to say, that looks like, from what I saw, that that is the critical reception, because the fan reception from everything that I can see on the YouTube comments is actually quite nostalgic. The fans actually apparently really liked this game, and it makes sense. I mean, there is no other video game character I can think of who belongs in an Endless Runner game more than Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this was, I don't know, what did you think, Shukapa? This is very, very nice. Yeah, very nice. It probably it wasn't as good as some of the other stuff I've played. I still think maybe my favorite track of mine from the evening might be that uh, Indignant Divinity from the, the Tower game. Yeah. That was really, really good. So far, of the tracks that you have brought, I think my favorite is probably that Bowser's Fury track. Although, Mean Bean Machine and the uh, Xenoblade track also give it a run for its money. Yep. But regardless, this... This has been a great episode, Shukapow. You really, you brought the fire, and uh, I also think that my tracks were all pretty awesome. And mm -hmm. listeners, uh, hopefully you all enjoyed this. Let us know if you would like some more of these grab bag episodes where we're not really constrained by a particular topic, and we can just kind of bring you music that we just think is really good. Uh, yeah, let us know. And speaking of music that's really good, Shukapow, what have you saved for last? Well, since we're at the end of the night, I've brought At the End of Night, or At the Brink of Time, from Chrono Trigger. Ah, right. Yeah, this soundtrack and its multiple different titles, because translation and stuff. Yep. But it's, you know what? This is a little bit of a bittersweet pick for me this particular evening, and we'll talk about why when we come back. But one more, this is going to be At the Brink of Time, from Chrono Trigger. End of Night from Chrono Trigger, composed by Yasunori Matsuda, and Chrono Trigger was released in 1995? No, yes, 95. For the SNES, and developed and published by Square. 
Yes. And just really briefly, because I don't want to bring us down here at the end of the show, the reason this track brings me down just a little bit is because Square has uh, struck out against two of my favorite VGM posters on YouTube, uh, G. Belair and Vinta Gamers Paradise. And both of those channels, which have uh, together brought thousands of VGM tracks to YouTube where they can be rediscovered and beloved by new generations, are now going away. And... I understand from Square's standpoint, this is their property. They paid a lot of money to produce a lot of this stuff, and, uh, you know, they have the right to it. And people shouldn't just post it up, especially if they're going to be making money off of it or anything like that. Um, fortunately, podcasts like this one generally are protected because we're doing commentary on the music, and so that's, that's a whole different thing. It's protected under international copyright law, but... Still, these VGM curators, as I like to think of them, really, I don't know, they can they can have their whole channels taken down if they post anything from certain publishers, and Square, honestly, is one of the big ones that really cracks down on that. Fortunately, Square also is one of the publishers that makes their music most widely available, so... Uh, one of the great things about indie games, like Catlandia from a couple of weeks ago, is that, uh, you know, generally they celebrate when people support their music and, 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 I mean, post it, but generally a lot of times the people who are going to buy those games are also the ones who are more likely to dish out a little bit more for a soundtrack, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's a complicated world. What's not complicated is my love for this song and this soundtrack. Yeah. And I know the same can be said for you. Yep. This is a really nice choice for, for the end here, and yeah, I can't really think of a particular like episode where I feel like this track would really fit topic-wise, so nice choice. What do you like about this track? Um, I really like its calmness, it's the instrumentation, just like, it just, it all embodies this, this little... You know, the little area. It's really kind of a sanctuary. It's like your one safe place in this game. Yep. And it's where you meet the first uh, wise man that you come into contact with. Specchio. I guess technically you meet uh, Melchior at the fair, so he's really the first one that you meet. And then I believe Gaspar is the one who's at the end of time. So, I think so, yeah. uh, But this this series is really cool. And yes, also you meet the delightful Specchio, who's this interdimensional being who's sort of like King Kai from the Dragon Ball series. Uh, he's like your your mystical otherworldly trainer. Yeah. Uh, although Specchio morphs into different forms and gets more and more powerful the more powerful that you get. So yeah. it's it's pretty cool. Specchio himself has a very, very nice theme that I do plan to bring yes. for a topic one of these days. So but yeah. So very nice, very nice way to end this very, very nice episode. And, uh, yeah, so what do you think, Shukpa? Anything else to say? Not really. Okay, well, you know Just what? Follow me on Twitter. Yeah, there hasn't, been a, there hasn't been a whole lot of chatter this episode, with a couple of Pokemon exceptions. So, yeah, we're going to kind of leave you with the, the basics. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at VGMPod and at Shukapow. You can find Shukapow on flat.io at Lloyd Irving for Smash, as we've already mentioned. You can also find us on Discord. Link will be in the show notes. A lot of people have been joining and jumping in there, so uh, please come in. We have a fairly regular little uh, like VGM 
topic where you can post your favorite VGM or on a on a certain topic, and it kind of, you know kind of goes along with what the episode is like. And I've actually discovered a lot of cool things that way just from the people who are in there. So come and join us. Uh, give us a shout out on Twitter. Um, I haven't said this much recently, but it'll really help to grow the show if you you know share our episodes on social media. Uh, go to your favorite podcatcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever, and like and rate and review the uh, the episode. That really helps us a lot. Uh, YouTube, I see, is probably going to be fading a little bit as the podcast comes up in other social media. But if you would like to follow us on YouTube, that also would be really cool. You can get alerted whenever something new comes up. And if you ever want to check out the music from the episode, but you don't want to like poke your way through the or pick your way through the episode again, I do post playlists of all of our episodes after the fact. So I know of at least a few people who go through and check that out, and it's really useful for us for uh, for end of year. <laughs> end of your stuff as well so all right and i think that is it for us i would also like to go ahead and thank our patrons um you know what we're gonna go in a reverse order this time there is the mysterious nathan who oh, i named another pokemon after another one yeah wow. I, forgot, I forgot who though. we have uh we have some patrons who you haven't named a pokemon after at all and then they think it's two wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right next i would like to mention for shamlian who is a really loyal listener to the show, always interacting and, and sharing stuff with us. Uh, he recently went live with his new show on Tower Talks on YouTube, which is The Bomb Show. Uh, Bomber John, don't call him Bomberman or he'll blow your face off. Uh, Bomber John is getting his own show in addition to uh, Mario's Castle Corp show. And definitely go and check that out. Uh, just search Castle Corp on YouTube and and you'll find it. It's really, really funny stuff. Uh, next, I would like to thank Skeletroy, our theme song guy. Yeah. Uh, he's been um, also still very loyally commenting, and I know that there's some stuff going on. But uh, he also recently posted another Thrash remix. This is Zangief's theme from Street Fighter Two, which is uh, not as well-known or as well-loved as a lot of the other classics. But Skeletroy's remix really brings out some of the best parts of this track. Uh, we have got Kung Fu Carlito. Carlos, who is actually going to be joining us on our next episode in two weeks, uh, actually for the next two episodes in two weeks and in three weeks, he is going to be facing off with our other patron, Daryl the Last Recon, in a Marvel vs. Capcom showdown. And I am super excited to announce this. It's going to be a lot of fun. For the first episode, uh, Daryl has picked five Marvel tracks, and Carlos has picked five Capcom tracks, and Shukapow and I are going to listen to them, and we are going to decide which one wins each round. And I'm kind of announcing this right now, although he will have been notified by email by now. If there is a tie, then Prof. Jeff is going to be the tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. Prof. Jeff will also be joining me on the final episode of this season, where we will be talking about some excellent comic book music. Chukapow did help me curate my list, but he will not be on that particular episode. It'll just be me and me and Jeff. Um, but yeah, so oh, and then in the episode in between, that's going to be the reverse where Carlos's Marvel tracks face off against Daryl's Capcom tracks. Ah. And we also have testimonials from both of them. Uh, they are both podcast hosts in their own right. Definitely go check out Carlos's show, uh, Heroes Three, that he hosts with uh, Matthew Tuccheroni and Marty Brueggemann. 
you can check out Daryl's show. Um, <clears throat> well, he has two of them, actually. There is Senpai's Playlist, which is an anime music podcast, and, of course, the VGM Fight Club that I have mentioned on here several times. Uh, you can also check out... Ryan Steele, as you heard a couple of episodes ago, the composer of Catlandia, and just all-around cool guy. He is all over the discords, so definitely come and interact if you'd like to hang out with him a little bit more. And finally, last but definitely not least, Alex the Messenger Messenger, host of a VGM Journey, who actually recently posted his own Patreon. Alex has given literally thousands of dollars to VGM podcasts over the years. And I think that, um, I think that you should definitely go check him out, check out the show, support him. Alex's show is perfect. It's usually about 30 minutes long. It's a few of his favorite tracks. He doesn't spend a whole lot of time talking in between. What he does have to say is really cool, very chill. His love for VGM just really shines and definitely go check out the episode. His patron bonus is going to be uh, a, uh, it's called BGM SideQuests, and it is actually going to be co-hosted by his fiance Carly. And I know that's going to be really fun and really adorable, and you should totally check it out. One last thing before we close out. Our blooper reel and music this time was chosen by Shukapau, yep. and you're going to be hearing Sunny Side Up from Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, composed, Mario of course, Rabbids. Mario Plus Rabbids, sorry. You know, it's also an and sign. Mm-hmm. There are lots of and signs. Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, composed, of course, by the amazing Grant Kirkhope. Yeah. And I think you and I are going to check out now Shukapau. It has been a really cool episode and we're coming up on the end of another really cool season and pretty soon i'm going to be announcing what season four is going to be all about and i am excited to try this this new thing that we're going to do so but until next time gamers we'll see you in two weeks until then play very good games be very good people and keep listening to very good music realized so much i've been saying um a lot i've been cutting it out of like like every other minute of yeah of I, I, re- I realized i uh i say but um a lot so but um like, ching yeah yeah anyway so uh you like this sounded really cool i think dusk would actually like this song a lot too but boop, 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 go ahead boop, boop, boop. go away this segment's gonna be really fun to edit <laughs> Diamond and Pearl originally came out in 2006 for the DS. Were developed by Game Freak and a car going by. Okay, dude, you can stop flexing your car muscles now. Car muscles. Just gonna take this opportunity to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> wow. Uh. <laughs> uh, just gonna 
and grab myself a... We thank our sponsors at the end of every episode because our sponsors are our patrons. Yes. <laughs> For as little as a dollar, you can get your stuff advertised on this podcast, which has dozens of listeners. <laughs> yeah. Baker's dozens. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> they come in 13s. All right. I forgot what I was talking about. Tommy Sato is a composer. Ah. Oh, Wait, man. that was Ryan George. <clears throat> yeah, huh. yeah. It was the uh, the Star Wars Music Addicts Anonymous group or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, well, yeah, yeah, but it got easier over time. It did, didn't it? Uh oh. It did, didn't it? What? It did, didn't it? It did, didn't it? It did, didn't it? <laughs> oh, good stuff. I actually Ryan saw on, on Twitter today, um, Austin Wintry, the composer of Journey and Abzu, uh, said something about Ryan George and how, uh, oh man, laughing at this was barely an inconvenience or no something uh, anyway he like play, he super made some kind of comments barely on an it. inconvenience and it was really funny and then i think smooth mcgroove also liked and commented on that or something so everybody loves ryan george yeah <laughs> well, i don't think i did anything that wrong well it says here you did a backflip snapped somebody's <laughs> neck and ruined everyone's day well, monks in my defense, I thought he was a bad guy. Monks in, D- monks in D&D. I don't think I did anything wrong. Yeah. The guards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But we're not talking about Ryan George. We're talking about flashy goodness. He did a backflip, snapped somebody's neck, and ruined everyone's day, Dusk. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but, but I thought he was a bad guy. <laughs> also, uh, everyone you, does. you tried to take somebody's hat. Well, yeah, I, 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 just, I liked it. And apparently now we're recording something for the blooper reel. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Dusk. What's up? Uh, yeah, it, it, it turned out to not be a few minutes, apparently. I told you to tell her like ten minutes. Oh. Are you are you in here to find out how much longer so you'll know if you can do stuff? No. Oh, you're... <laughs> <laughs> are we still recording? She yawned. <laughs> she gleeked. Yeah, she gleeked. Okay. Did, or did, we are still recording, still recording yeah, nice. but so we need to continue because what are you going to play next? Um... Hmm. Thank you for talking over my uh, my little clothes out there. Oh yeah, the we're almost done. Stop. Yeah, stop watching the cat bathe. It's not polite. <laughs> uh, anyway, but before we hear that, we are going to hear a your next. Wow, well, my elbow just popped into the mic. And that was Chibi Robo main theme. For from 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 okay, got it in one. <laughs> yep, a hundred percent.